Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello there. Welcome back to Cool Mom 101. I hope everyone is having an amazing week. And hey, if you aren't, don't worry. Nothing lasts forever. The first few months of Leo's life, I thought motherhood meant never sleeping again. I wasn't getting more than about, I would say, five hours of sleep at a time. And that was on the high end. Like, that was the max. And boy, oh boy, was the struggle real. Sleep deprivation was kicking my ass. I was exhausted, overly emotional, and I felt like my life might actually be just done. And fast forward to today, Leo is just a little over six months and has been sleeping through the night since he was about four months old. Thank you, sleep training. Uh, Did you have any phases you thought would never end? I'd love to hear about them, so send me a note and let me know what I have to uh, look forward to and prepare myself for. So in this episode, I'm chatting with Devin Dooling, the Boss Babe owner of On The Rocks Ice. We chatted about um, exactly what an ice business entails, how to balance being an entrepreneur, mom, and wife, and how she's navigating being a stepmom through all that. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get right into it. Here is episode number two with Devin Dooling. Devin Dooling is the owner of On The Rocks Ice, your go-to Vancouver supplier of all things ice-related, from packaged ice to ice sculptures. On top of running a successful business, Devin is a stepmom to two kids. I'm so excited to get the chance to sit down with Devin today and get her perspective on stepmomming and that crazy juggling act that entrepreneur moms face. Welcome to the show, Devin. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yay! So we're gonna jump right in. Oh my god. To the mom fashions. Oh my. <laughs> Scary. You ready for this? Okay. <laughs> so what would you say is the best part about being a mom? Oh my goodness. Um, the best part of being a mom. I think the best part of being a mom is just like seeing your kids grow and turn into like cool people (laughs) yeah and just like like, I helped make them cool yeah and I think as like a stepmom too like there's it's different right like you I didn't um obviously I didn't birth the children so um you know I haven't known them since you know they were first first born I um you know, kind of came into their lives at like three and five years old. Mm -hmm. So they were, you know, little kids, they already, you know, sort of had some things going on, but, um, they, you know, have now are what they're going to be 10 and going to be 12. So like they're actual people and like, they have all these like ideas and thoughts and like goals and attitudes and all this stuff. And so it's just really cool to see that progression. Yeah. So watching them grow and their personalities kind of come out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. What would you say is the hardest lesson that you've learned as a mom? Um, I think that the hardest lesson is, gosh, um, what is it? Um, I think maybe like finding the balance mm-hmm. between... I mean, there's so many different things finding the balance between, but I think one of the hardest things for me is that because I'm a stepmom, I have had to find a balance between, um, having my voice heard and being a part of their lives and being able to share my knowledge and, you know, my learnings and guidance and things like that, but not 
overstep the boundaries that their mother and my husband have created because, right. you know, even though we're a family, they have another family, you know? And so that's a hard thing I think for them because, you know, it's not always the same at both houses. So just trying to like balance that out and, you know, not overstep anybody else's boundaries. I found that to be, you know, really challenging. Well, yeah. That sounds really hard. <laughs> um, do you experience mom guilt? Um, you know, I don't know. I think for me, I m- maybe I do, but maybe not in like a traditional sense. Like, m- I don't think I experience, you know, the idea of, you know, like, oh, I'm not spending enough time with them because I am going back to work early for right. maternity leave. Like I don't, I never had to deal with anything like that. Right. That ship had sailed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but for me, like there's things like, um, you know, I think when I first sort of came into their lives, like I had this fear that maybe I wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't not, not that I wasn't good enough, but like, I just sort of felt like I had that imposter syndrome, you know, like I, was I a real mom? Like, and I still sometimes have that insecurity and I'm kind of like, well, I'm not really their mom. And then people are like, but yeah, you are their mom. Like their mom is their mom, of course, but I can be also a mom, a type of mom for them. And so I think for me, like the guilt is more, my own internal struggle than guilt that I have because I'm not doing enough for them or I haven't involved them in some way or that sort of thing. So it's, I think really my own, it's more about me than it is about them. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and just so you know, I also feel that sometimes and I did birth the child. (laughs) I still am like, am I actually doing any of this right like, do I know anything? And most of the time I don't. So it's not yeah, just, we, just I, we all have to do the best we can and there's no rule book and there's no rule book for being a stepmom and like coming into somebody else's world. So yeah, yeah you just have to do your, do your best and hope that it's all, hope it's all working out. out. Yeah. Well, they sound like they're really cool. So obviously your influence is working out. So yeah, yeah I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, last one in this little section of questions here. Finish the sentence. I'm a badass mom and... Um, I'm a badass mom and a badass businesswoman. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. Love it. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing, when I got to know a little bit about your kind of story and that you were interested in sharing what it's like to be a stepmom, Mm -hmm. I was so curious to know kind of how kind of how your relationship started with mm-hmm. your husband mm-hmm. and then how did you navigate that transition so we were kind of talking about how you you do have a solid role as a as a mom in their lives so how did you navigate from being the girlfriend or whatever yeah, like yeah. when did that yeah. transition kind of happen as stepmom and yeah how did you navigate that yeah and i will say like there's no um there's no one way to do it and you really have to just do what fits your family best, I think. Um, but for me, I mean, so I've been with my husband now, like we've been together for almost seven years, Wow. Um, but married for almost two. This will be our two year anniversary. Um, thanks. (laughs) Um, so, um, when I first met him, we, I actually lived in Victoria. That's where I'm from. I'm from Vancouver Island. So I actually lived over there and he lived here and, um, I met him through some mutual friends. And at the time, like it was kind of just, you know, we kind of hung out a little bit and then, you know, we sort of, you know, started dating and I was still over there and like trying to finish school and, Oh, so you were still doing your degree. Yeah, I was still doing my degree at that point and working and working full time. And, and then finally I was at the tail end. So kind of that all, you know, came, came to fruition and was done. And then basically I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? Like, am I going to stay in Victoria? And I had never really wanted to move to Vancouver I love Victoria and most of my friends were there. A couple of my girlfriends had moved over here to go to school, but I didn't have a huge desire to move over here. 
Um, I'm an only child and both my parents live there and I just like couldn't the idea of leaving my parents like I was like no I don't want to but no thanks yeah but I knew that John couldn't move you know he had the kids over here and he had this established life over here and it wasn't an option for him so you know I kind of you know thought quite a lot about it and it was kind of like okay I think maybe this is what has to happen and at that point I had been coming over here you a know lot. a lot and <laughs> sure, yeah. on friends couches and you know if he didn't have the kids that weekend I would obviously stay with him but they were really little at that point they were three and five so you know and he was very cautious he wasn't prepared to introduce his kids to mm-hmm. somebody unless it was going to be you know that was it right and even though we had those conversations very early on and really, you know, felt like we cared about each other and kind of knew that, that we wanted to be together mm-hmm. really early on, he still wanted to be really like cautious and just very, you know, take things very gradually and make sure that everything was really good for the kids, which as much as it, I think frustrated me at the time, the pace that things went, I totally also respected that that was his decision and understood why he wanted to do those things. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it did come together slowly. I mean, I, I think we maybe finally moved in together maybe like three years after I, we started dating and you I first started here. dating. Yeah. yeah. So I moved over. I remember I'm trying to think through where I lived cause that's the indication of like, <laughs> how did I like, where was I? Yeah. And then how did this happen? So yeah, I had one place and then I think I had that for about a year. Then I moved to another place and I think I had that for about a year. Mm-hmm. So maybe like two and a half years. And then finally that place I think I was getting kicked out or something was happening. Right. My lease was coming up and I was like, okay, what's happening? Like, are we going to move in or what? Like it's been, it's been a hot minute. Come on. TikTok, let's girl. go buddy. So yeah, then we eventually moved in together and then that was kind of, that it. was kind of it. Yeah. And then we got engaged a couple years or a few years after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has been like a, a natural progression right. and, but something that, you know, he definitely thought very long and hard about, mm-hmm. especially because they were so little, like, so you small. know, so small. And like, it's so hard to explain things like that to little, little kids. How would you even, you know, I would mean, be hard. I think, well, I remember the, the first time that I met them. And like I said, I had been going back and forth and sleeping on my best friend's couch here. And like, God, I was like, what is happening? But I mean, totally worth it. But I remember... Yes the first time I was going to meet them and he hadn't introduced anybody else to them before after right. having, like after having been you know divorced or divorced. separated yeah. yeah so it was a brand new thing so he was I remember pretty nervous about it and um you know he was like okay let's go to the aquarium and I was like yes I love the aquarium and we went to the we went and pulled up into the parking lot and the kids are in the back and he's like I have to go get a parking ticket are you going to be okay in the car with the kids and I was like well unless they're going to eat me like I I'm think I'll be fine and he had pre-warned me like oh you know they're pretty shy like don't worry if they don't talk to you and I was like okay cool and he left and like as soon as he closed the door Finn, who was the older of the two, the five-year-old at the time, like unbuckles his seatbelt, hops up to the front where I am and starts like motor mouthing some story about some friends at school and do you know I have a friend named this? Didn't stop talking until John comes back. And I'm just like sitting in the front seat, like rolling my eyes and laughing because he was it so wasn't what I was right? expecting at all. And he was obviously like you know, so fearful and projecting these fears and like, it was totally not a problem. So, I mean, I think kids are way more resilient than we give them credit for a lot of times and like way more, like they're not thinking that hard about these things. They're like, Hey, this is a nice lady. She like wanted to come to the aquarium with me. That's fun. Like that's it. Right. Like they're not worrying about anything else that we're worrying about. So I wonder if she's moving in with my dad. Like they're yeah, not thinking no. of these things. Like, it doesn't, I don't, like that's way beyond that level, you know, than that age, you know, maybe if you're, you know, it's a 14 year old or 15 year old or something like that, maybe those thoughts would be, you know, happening. But when they're little like that, no, not happening. So, I mean, it was, 
it was like one of the best memories I, I have still to this day. It's like, I think back to that day so fondly because it was just like not the kid I was expecting at all from everything I had been told. Right. So, um, and then, I mean, gosh, I think he was just really, you know, we started, started after that, like it went really well. So it was kind of like, okay, it's okay for you to come and hang out with us now. And so then I would go over, you know, I'd come over here and stay with my friends still, but I would go and have dinner with them at their house or we'd go and do something during the day. And then I'd go back to my friend's house and stay with her at night. And then that just kind of continually kept progressing and progressing and progressing. And then maybe we would have like a sleepover one night or something like that. And, but we always would talk to them and be like, is it okay if Devin stays? And, and they would generally be like, yep. And you know, we always had like an open door policy. Like you can come in in the middle of the night. It's okay. Like just because Devin's here doesn't mean that anything changes. And so I think just always trying to be, you know, as honest as you can with them with a five-year-old, but yeah, yeah, what, what they, what you can present to them. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honest, you know, obviously you're not going to get into like these deep, deep, deep conversations with them, but you know, it's okay to share some things and right. yeah. And I mean, I can't remember if I, if I slept over, you know, when he was five or if it was six, like I, I can't remember those time frames, but it was just a natural progression. Like we got to that point because we had spent enough time together that it was normal. Totally. I need to be there. Yeah. And you kind of, it sounds like you really gradually kind of increased Mm -hmm. your like the amount you were there maybe. And like you said, you kind of started maybe having sleepovers and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So just, I think a natural progression and then it just continued on and on and on until you know, John was like, okay, I think I'm going to ask Devin to marry me. Is that okay? And they were like, well, yeah, she already lives with us. So like, what's going to change? Is anything going to change? And John was like, no. And they were like, okay, like, sure. Like who cares? You know, like, what do we care? If nothing's going to be different than it already is, then why not? Right. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So they were cool with it. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you guys handled that really well. So I think that would be what could be a very, very tricky situation. And one thing that I, I was wondering about as well, just as you were talking is, so in the beginning when you weren't seeing the kids yet, was that difficult for you? Did you feel like it was hard not being a part of that part of his life? Or did you, were you kind of fully understanding this is where it's at right now? Yeah, I think that for me it was okay not seeing them up front because we, I mean, we didn't have a lot of time just to, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but because I was in Victoria for so long and he was over here, it's not like we were spending like big chunks of time together or it's not like we had you know, weeks and weeks where it's like, you're going out on a date every two days or, you know, like how a lot of normal couples are. I always say like, we sort of did everything backwards, you know, like we met, we sort of talked about like marriage and things right off the bat. And then there were already kids involved. And then like I moved in, then we got a house, then we got a dog. Like it's just all like a bit kind of loopy in the way that it's all come together. But it's just, it's just not a traditional, you know, it hasn't been a traditional path. Um, and so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an issue for me not spending time with them right away because I was really trying to focus on having that like time to build our relationship because I knew that, you know, once the kids were involved, that it was going to be a completely different type of relationship. And that is the case now. Like we have the kids, um, half of the time every single week. So part of the week we have just the two of us and then part of the week it's all of us. And that's awesome. And it works for all of our families, but it is a different type of relationship. Right. And we didn't ever have those years and years and years that most young couples would have where it's just the two of them. Right. So I think for me, 
I was happy to have that initially with him. And then after that period of time, it was nice to start introducing the kids into that mm-hmm. and then be able to just sort of build from there. Yeah. And so the gradual kind of making of a family really too, because mm-hmm. you kind of made your guys' own family that way. Yeah. But the kids were already there. So that's, I'm sure that was like a bit of a challenge too. The other thing I was interested about, so for, in terms of parenting, Mm -hmm. so I know you said sometimes you get a little imposter syndrome, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. How should I be parenting? And so how do you, I guess, what's your parenting style, would you say? And how have you, like, was there a time where you kind of felt, oh, now, now I'm okay to really mother them? Or did that kind of happen gradually as well? Yeah. That's what well, I mean. Parenting style, gosh. If they you ask them, they'd probably say like I'm awful and that like I don't <laughs> yeah, think they right. would say that. I'm sure they would say like I can be hard. Um, and I think between John and I, like I probably am the like enforcer and like the stricter one and the like one that ha- like wants there to be rules and like things to be, you know in place and like there to be, but that's, that's my personality. That is me. That's also how I was raised and I'm an only child. So I was raised to like, these are the way that we taught you. These are the rules that we have. This is how we expect you to be. But then because there was only one of me, it was like, yeah, you actually have to be that way. And like, we expect you to be that way there was no other kid to like fall back on or blame when you know Mm -hmm. you didn't do the thing you were supposed to do or whatever right and I I just we had this conversation the other day actually John and me and my dad and my dad's wife my step my stepmom were here and we were talking about it and my dad was just like you have to relax like you're like a crazy person and I was like you made me this way like you raised me like for there to be rules and like that's not to say that I don't ever want to have any fun or that like the kids aren't allowed to have candy or anything like that. It's just like, I expect, you know, like I want them to say please and thank you. And like, I want them to talk to somebody if that person's talking to them. And, you know, I want them to like, I don't know, take the dog for a walk after school. And like, these are all things that I just, I would wish so much for. And it's hard to like come into a family mm-hmm. who already has rules or maybe doesn't have rules in some cases and maybe has rules at their other house that aren't the same. Um, and then it's hard to come in and kind of be like, well, I'm going to be a part of this life and here's how I like my life to be. Like, how do we intertwine all these lives and all these rules and all these like expectations together so that like we are all functioning together without like wanting to kill each other and I don't even know how it's come together in seven years I mean I think it has been gradual like I think initially I didn't say a lot I tried to keep quiet I didn't interject things I you know for a really long time like I if they did something I would never you know never say anything about it if they did something they weren't supposed to be doing. Um, and I would just be like, uh, and I'd point, kind of point at them and look at John and John would be like, and then he'd go off and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so like that was his role. And he was like, I don't want you to be that person. Like I want you to be the fun person like that they come to. And you know, I want you to not, not to have that, you know, burden of like being the bad person. And I was like, I totally get that. And so for a long time, that was how it was. Like, I wouldn't say anything. I would just kind of like walk away and like, like turn a little bit, turn a blind yeah, eye. Just like, yeah, I'm gone. But, and like walk in the opposite direction. Or I would just sit there with like this expression of like, ah, I don't know what to do, you know? Um, but as they've gotten older and I mean, then when we started living together, like it became my house too. So, you know, it was kind of like, I have to be able to speak up. And if there's things that like really aren't okay, you know, I have to be able to say those things because I live here too now. And that doesn't mean that I'm always right or that they can't tell me if something's bothering them or they don't like, you know, how I'm making their bed or whatever, you know, like, 
they can have those conversations with me. It's not a one way street, but we all have to be able to, you know, say what we kind of feel or what's frustrating us. So I think it has been gradual. I mean, and it's never perfect. And I mean, there's still times where I say things and I'm like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything here. Like "Mm, maybe that wasn't my place. But I guess what I always come back to is I hope that I'm doing it the way that I would do it if they were the kids that, you know, I birthed and that they were my own blood, you know? And as far as I'm concerned, like they are my kids. They are my family. Like I'm now married to their dad, which means that like they are my family. And I don't think that I would be raising them any differently, whether they were my stepkids or my, my birth kids. That's really cool. So I, and I hope that one day that they will look back and be like, Oh, I get why Devin, you know, had a chore list for us. And like, you got the chore list. Yeah. I mean, I love it. They're old enough now that they can help out and do things. I mean, I don't expect them to like, you know, do everything like cut the grass or anything like that. But just like you can make your bed and like you can help take out the garbage and unload the dishwasher. Like you're, they're old enough to do that. I did all those things. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those are the things that like help build them into like awesome people. Yeah. Some responsibility skills, some responsibility. Totally. I think it's key. Yeah. So it, it, I think, but I think it to, you know, I think it has been a gradual thing that just has come over time with, you know, being more, um, aware of just how we all function together. And, and as they've gotten older, certainly I think their responsibilities have gotten, you know, they've taken on more responsibility and we got a dog and it was kind of like, this is going to be your responsibility. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, right. It's going to be mine. And then Whose responsibility is it? Is, it's mine. <laughs> but then, you know, at, there, you know, at least you can be like, you know, this is our dog. Like, please go walk the dog, you know? So it's good for them. Totally. I think. I think so too. And I hope that one day they'll look back and, and say, I realize why I had a chore list and like why Devin wanted me to make my bed every morning and well, I definitely did. It sounds like I had kind of a similar, similar type of parenting style. It mm-hmm. sounds like the way my parents were, and we definitely had to do chores. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you find this, but with children, the laundry multiplies by yes. ten thousand. What the heck? Uh, I mean, my kids about the, like, my kids six months right now, and yeah, it, the clothes are tiny, but still goes no. for about ten outfits a day. And I can totally respect and understand why I started doing my own laundry. Mm -hmm. I think when I was something around 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. years old or something like that. Because bless my mom, there's four of us. She was probably very done with laundry. Yeah, of course. There's a lot to do, you know, like there's a lot to do. And especially if you're working too, you know, like I don't know how families who both parents work nine to five jobs and they've got multiple kids. I honestly do not know how you get it all done. Like, I, I think it's wild. And one thing I will say is, so two of my older siblings each have three kids. Okay. And then my brother has two. So lots of, lots of kids. Yeah. And I will say, I think that they've been successful when they try to delegate certain things. So Mm -hmm. if there's anything you can take off your plate, Mm -hmm. that's a lesson I've learned from them. Yeah. So be it cleaning, whatever it is, if you can take some of that off your plate, Mm -hmm. then do it. That's one lesson I've learned from them. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because you're right. If there's two working parents, um, and even just one, even if just the one child's there, it's, it's, it's a lot to keep just the household running. Totally. I find. Yeah. It's like, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm lucky. Like I, you know, John is, does work full time nine to five, but because of my business, I have a flexible schedule. So yes. my days aren't always full night, you know, nine to five. Like sometimes I'm answering the phone at 10 o'clock, but I maybe haven't done that much during the day. So the things that I do during the day are those things like the laundry and making sure the house is clean and taking the dog for a walk and cutting the lawn, like doing all those things. But like I said, I, 
I can't imagine how people do all these things when they have tons of kids and they both work. It's just like kudos to all of you parents who do that because you're amazing. And then extra kudos, and I thought of this as soon as I had my son, is single parents. Oh Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. At least I have someone to commiserate with when (laughs) shit is terrible. Yeah. I just props to them because it's yeah. it's a it's a wild ride it's huge. and so doing it alone yes I mean you always can make your village but it's di- I think it's it's just a little easier if you have a very supportive helpful partner totally <laughs> it's nice yeah um so speaking about your business which you just kind of mentioned touched on yeah now how do you believe in the word balance first of all yes or no yes yes okay so how do you find balance with owning your own business and having two children and a husband too. A relationship takes a lot of work. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I am lucky because like I said, I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. Um, but that's not always like an amazing thing. Sometimes I find that even as a bit of a burden. And I talked about this on another podcast and I can't remember who it was. They were like, oh, yeah, right. Like, oh, it's a big, like, it's the worst. You've got lots of time. And I'm just like, yeah, but for me, I like to be busy all the time. Like, if I could be constantly doing something, that would be best. And that's when I function best. And, like, my brain is clear. And I'm thinking properly. And I can make sense of life. Like, that's me functioning. Um, And so when I have time or too much time, I just feel like useless. Um, and so for me, my business is very cyclical. It's, you know, we, I sell ice as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so obviously no one wants ice in the winter, especially not as common snowing. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit, we, we certainly do have some sales, but it's much quieter in the winter time which is great. I mean, sometimes that's an opportunity to, you know, go away on vacation then because you didn't go on vacation in the summer because it's so hot that you have, you're now busy all the time. Um, so you have to take like those types of opportunities, um, which I guess can, you know, sort of speak to the balance side of things. Um, and you know, I've been trying to teach myself to do things like take care of all of my financing and my accounting and my books during those times where I have extra time Um, and to get things done like marketing stuff and just try to like prepare ahead of time for the onslaught of summer and the chaos that's going to incur. So um, business-wise, I mean, I have that time in the, you know, fall, winter where I can sort of balance out the craziness of the summer which is lovely, but also I don't have as much work. So I, you know, have to find other things to keep me occupied and occupied (laughs) and keep my brain functioning and yeah, just making sure that I don't feel like a useless human being. And I don't want to be at home all day, every day, you know, doing nothing. Like I want to be out doing things in my community and, you know, giving back and helping with things and just, doing inspiring things, whatever that might be. So I guess that's sort of how I balance. And then, I mean, I think in terms of like life and kids and work, I mean, it's great because no two days are the same. I mean, I was out delivering ice on Thursday. On Friday, I had a driver delivering ice. So I wasn't working that day. Not not to say that I wasn't answering the phone, you know, every 20 minutes and responding to emails because those things are constant and like I always have to be doing those things. But I was able to, you know, go grocery shopping and do a bunch of stuff for the house. And then I was able to pick the kids up from school and then I had to go and do something else. So, I mean, I am very fortunate in that there is quite a bit of flexibility in my work schedule. So I can do a lot of those family things that I might not otherwise be able to do. And that, you know, John can't always get away from work and, um, the kid's mom, you know, she has a nine to five job too. And like, she gets away a lot, but it's nice that I have that flexibility so that I can help all of our families just function a little bit better. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's probably Devin to the rescue sometimes. Yeah, it, it can <laughs> be. Yeah, it can be, which is good. And like, that's something I have to balance too, right? Like I want to make sure that I can be there to help out as much as I can. But then I also can't put that, you know, before the business all the time, because if I do, then I'm going to either slip up or something's mm-hmm. going to suffer. So you know, I have to sort of keep that in check as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you have goals in your business you're working towards. Yeah, of course. So yeah, you got to keep the priorities in check, which is not always easy. Mm -hmm. Um, we probably should have gone to this at the very beginning, but just so everyone knows what exactly your business is. So we said it's on the rocks ice business. Yeah. And it's interesting because I really didn't quite understand what that meant and I'm sure a lot of people have that as well yeah but when I started to think about it it made a lot of sense to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just it's one of those a little bit undercover industries totally is right yes. so when I started to think about it I'm like well yeah I mean what's like a music festival gonna do run to the store and grab you know <laughs> yeah 10,000 little bags of ice yeah no yeah so I guess if you could just let everyone know what kind of things you cover in your business yeah so um yeah on the rocks ice so we mainly do like packaged ice so the easiest way to describe it is if you're going camping and you want to buy a bag of ice to chill your beer down or whatever your sodas um we sell that so we retail to a bunch of clients in vancouver so we do whole foods and urban fair tnt grocery stores and a bunch of other places so you can go buy a small bag of ice from any of those retailers and take that camping instead. Yeah. Um, and then we also do events. So for that type of thing, it's exactly what you just mentioned. If you're a music festival, if you're a, um, a beer and wine festival or a craft cider festival or car free day or literally anything, if you need to chill drinks, if you are serving drinks, um, if you're chilling food, we can help you do that. Um, and we sell our larger size bags to all those clients and we get them the ice and for festivals, we help with the logistics of transporting it there. Um, and that's usually a ton and ton and ton, ton, ton of ice, a a big amount, as big as you can think of. It's probably that plus more literally all the ice, all the ice. Yes. So we do that. Um, And then we also do things like if you want a nice sculpture, we can get you that. And then we lastly do specialty cubes. So those things that are really hot right now, which spheres, the spheres, yes. And the squares, cube ones, yeah, that you're putting in your whiskey or whatever. We can also do those ones for you. So we get to work with a lot of really cool restaurants to get them products like that. Mm -hmm. Well, any restaurant, I suppose doing it on a big enough scale, mm-hmm. they're not going to be, cause you can buy, you know, the little trays, but that only would work on a small scale. Yeah. And do you really want to be responsible for making those every night? I know. It also would be annoying. Consuming. Yeah. 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 So a lot of places are doing those themselves. It seems more and more and more these days, or they're buying their own giant block of ice and then they're cutting it down themselves. So there's definitely, to me, it doesn't seem like there's as much of a push for that type of of thing anymore because I think those molds have made it easier for people to be able to do that on their own but it's certainly still part of our our business and what we can provide that's awesome yeah so cool so that's a little bit about the ice business which I had no idea about yeah it's really cool yeah the other thing I think would be cool to talk about and for you to share was getting into this business. So for those who don't know Devin yet, it was a bit of uh, kind of a, you happened upon it. Yes. Would you say that's kind yeah. of right? Yeah. Okay. And so for anyone listening who is a mom, which probably most people will be. So mm-hmm. if they're a mom yeah. and they're thinking about starting their own business mm-hmm. or taking over a business, yeah. do you have any advice for them in terms of we kind of talked about it a little bit, but balancing that, mm-hmm. or did you just jump in? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I basically just jumped in. I lost a job and didn't have anything else at that point. And I had sort of been presented with the option of buying this business a couple years or maybe just a year before that happened. Um, and at the time I was like, no, I'm good. Like I just got a job. I'm super pumped about it. I'm fine. I don't want to do that. And then after this happened, um, it was like, I don't know, I guess I sort of just was like, well, what else am I going to do? Um, do I want to start the like process of, you know, trying to find a job in Vancouver all over again? No, not really. No, but yeah. But at the same time, I guess the bigger picture at that point was I sort of had this like epiphany, which was that I didn't really want to work for somebody else. And you and I had a conversation about this, like I think today or yesterday (laughs) over email, I felt the same way. I was like, I don't really want to work for people. What I realized is that I don't really like being told what to do. Um, I'd really rather like do it my way. Um, and this has always been the case. Like I think back to like, I used to work at milestones and like we had a specific, um, dress code and like, I would have the dress code, but I would wear just like slightly different. Like I remember wearing, I was a bartender and I wore pants with like black knee high boots and a black button down shirt tucked in. And I was behind the bar. So you never really saw me other than like my shirt and my face. But I remember one of the managers being like, that's not like spec, that's not spec clothes. And I was like, actually, you'll find that if you read the manual for bartenders that it is, but nobody had ever done it before because most of the girls would just wear a skirt. You were just a trailblazer. And I was like, you can't tell me that it's not right because I've actually read it and it is right. It's just that nobody ever does it because they don't know that they can do it. And so I just did it. And I just kept doing it and nobody ever said anything after that. And I was like, I want to wear what I like, what's comfortable. I don't want to wear a skirt behind the bar. Like it's not super practical. What I have to do back here. Yeah. Bending around and like, no, thank you. So anyways, I, I think that's when I realized in life, like I didn't really like it, but then having this all happen, And this opportunity coming up, I think, was the moment where I was like, you know what? I really don't want to be told what to do. I'd really rather just work on my own and then tell myself what to do. So it came up, and then basically we just tried to figure out how we could make it work. And we managed to do that with a lot of help from my parents and my family and a lot of help from my husband and a lot of support from, like, just all the people around me. Um, But then, yeah, I just sort of dove in and I didn't know anything about it and people like usually the reaction is when you tell people you have an ice company they're like what and either it's like when you say ice do you mean like diamonds and I'm like no I wish or like something else and I'm like no it's like actually melted water yeah. or it's frozen. frozen water I was like you sell the frozen kind yes, of ice right it's not melted I promise um <sighs> yeah and so like it's such a like random and not typical thing. And like you said a few minutes ago, it is like this sort of like forgotten, mm-hmm. my mom's partner. He also owns a nice company. That's so right. It's like it, on the Island family. Right? Yeah. Um, but he calls it like the forgotten food, ice, the forgotten food, because it is, it's this thing that's like in the background of so many things can you imagine if you went to a beer festival and your beer was warm? Like, you would lose uh, your mind. No. Yeah, so thank goodness there's ice because mm-hmm. otherwise you would not have that. Um, but, yeah, I just sort of dove in and, like, tried to learn as much as I could. And, I mean, the balance there, I mean, oh, gosh, I feel like in year one, I feel like there was, like, little to no balance. There wasn't, it was, yeah you know, purely trying to just understand how things worked and try to wrap my head around, like, how do you invoice people? And like, oh my gosh, I just spent like so much money and now I have no money for anything else. And like, I can't like, when am I going to make some money? And like, I have no money, you know? And it's just like trying to wrap your head around all those things and understand how to make everything come together is 
really a challenge. And yeah, I mean, I don't think in year one that there was a lot of balance, but you know, you just work through it as best you can. And you just sort of have to keep plugging away at things and just keep teaching yourself and just, you know, being honest with what you can, you know, do and, and then eventually it gets better. And then you start to have that balance because you've figured things out and you've had a year and then you've had a couple years and sales have grown and you start to like take a deep breath and realize that like, it's all going to be good. And like, I yeah. can do this. Yeah. yeah. Like, pat yourself on the shoulder and you're like, it's okay. You're doing it. Just calm down and keep on keeping keep on forward. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. Keep looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So in terms of being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, in your opinion, do you think that fits well with motherhood? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's not, that's certainly not to say that you have, that that's what you have to do. You can certainly work, you know, in a nine to five job and work, you know, in the corporate world and totally be a mother and find balance. Like there's so many people who are totally amazing at that. But I think that having your own business and having that kind of opportunity and having flexibility, hopefully you have flexibility if you have your own business. Um, I think it's, can be totally amazing and is such a great opportunity. And I think that you, I mean, I think that it's going to be different for everybody and you have to really find your own path and find your own way and find your own groove. Um, and it might not always be the same, like year from year, your, your groove and your path could change year after year. Right. So, you know, don't always expect it to be exactly the same thing. But I definitely think that it is, you know, a really amazing thing that can give you a lot of freedom and, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's really great. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So you heard it here first. (laughs) Open your own business when you have children. It goes extremely well and Devin's doing it. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, So it's time to wrap it up. Okay. A couple last questions. Oh my God. All right. Okay, so thinking over the last, you know, week or so. Yeah. What's your biggest mom fail and your biggest mom win? Oh, my Would you say? I feel like I fail and win constantly. Like, it's not... Daily. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm thinking about today, like, what's happened today. (laughs) Things have happened. Yeah, I mean, we were, like, softball today, and I'm just... We went to a barbecue. Those are kind of wins, because, like, I got places. Um... I mean, like a constant struggle for us is like, because the kids aren't with us all week, every week, they're with us part of the week, each week. And what they, we alternate days. So like one week they come back on this day and then next week they come back on a different day and we have a calendar and everything's mapped out. And like, you would think seven years later that you would just like totally be like, on the ball and like totally into it and rolling with it but like things change and sometimes we have to reschedule things and you know sometimes the kids have to stay with their mom an extra day sometimes they have to stay with us an extra day like that is life but for us I think like one of the things that is the most ridiculous is like all of a sudden you realize you don't have any groceries and you're like oh crap the kids are coming home and you might want to feed them I didn't get any food for them to have for like lunch to pack for lunch tomorrow like I can feed them dinner like I've got that food for today but there's nothing to send them to school with lunch and then it's like well you're just gonna have pasta because that's all we have like we always have pasta but then, like, yeah, I think that's, I don't know. I mean, it's not, like, you know, the end of the it, world. it's not a horrible fail, but it seems to be, like, one of the things that I can never quite get right. I know. But I think that's the point of the fails. Really, 99% of the time, yeah. in my opinion, they're just kind of funny, and it's okay. Like, yeah. Everyone, like we said, everyone's doing the best they can yeah and you kind of have to laugh like you said it's been seven years and still sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're like well shit yeah there's well, no lunch <laughs> no sandwich meat sorry guys not but okay. I mean we get through it and like as if they care you know it's not an issue right 
is an issue for me because I'm like, really? You idiot. Like, how have you forgotten? Get it together, Devin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with your life? Why did you not remember this? But like, gosh, that's not a big deal at all. It's not. So many things could be so much worse. No. And you're running your business and two kids. Yeah. And a husband, so major props, you're doing it, you're doing it all. Thank you. Yeah, it's busy, and you just, you can't sweat things like that. You just have to be like, whatever it is, what it is, pass it, move on, done. Yeah, we'll get done tomorrow. Yeah, and like you said, they're never going to remember that they had pasta for lunch. No. Every time they stayed at your house. Oh, God, no, no, exactly. (laughs) So, um, and biggest mom win, um... Getting the kids to take a freaking shower. Okay. Or a bath. I've heard eventually boys don't like to uh, shower. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm slightly meat freak. And I'm like already cringing. Yeah. yeah. But six months in, already terrified for age my, like 10, 11. Ew. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Um, and I mean, it's not, I, I wouldn't say like it's horribly bad or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes it's not the best and you're kind of like, okay, why are we not doing this? And it's like, oh, I just don't want, I just, I'm so tired. I don't want to. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, that sucks that you're tired, but like just have a five minute shower and like life will be great again. I promise you. You can all move on. I'm tired after you have a shower (laughs) either. Um, yeah. I don't know why that's the way that it is. And yeah, if you just... Now it's it's on it's a part of the chore list now. It I was says, just gonna say must added to shower the- every two days, especially after sports. There's an asterisk on that one. <laughs> so this is the type of mom Devin is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's instructions Write it down. on the list. Well, I feel I like love it. that's an incentive, maybe, if it's on the list and they can check it off, then and they'll get their allowance for doing it. Come on. Get in the shower. Drives Come to on. have a shower. Oh man. Yeah. That is hilarious. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. It, you're crazy busy, so I really, really appreciate it. And I have so much respect for how you're growing your business. I know you said sales doubled, I think, for you yeah, in your year, which yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lovely. Oh, good. Good. And last thing, where's the best place to connect with you and On The Rocks if yeah. people want to check you out? Um, well, we're on all the all the things, all the social things. So um, we're at On The Rocks Ice for Instagram mm-hmm. and On The Rocks Ice, I think on the, on the Rocks Ice distribution on Facebook. And then website, of course, is ontherocksice.com. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks again, Devin. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.